1: My name is Kerry Enright and uh, I'm the minister, one of the ministers of Knox Church in Dunedin. And it's my privilege and delight to lead our worship today, Te Ratapu o Te Rongomai, Peace Sunday, Sunday the eighth of August, 2021. As I say, it's uh, regarded in the church's year worldwide as uh, Peace Sunday because this is the Sunday nearest the sixth of August the day on which an atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima in 1945, followed just three days later by the bombing of Nagasaki. So today we're going to focus very much on the gift and call of Christ to the ministry of reconciliation that grows out of the theme of uh, peace, Peace Sunday. Greetings to you on this uh, special day. And so we begin with... uh, A prayer, let us pray. Just and merciful God, you speak through the prophets, challenging us to seek peace rooted in justice. Help us to hear your urgent call. Loving God and Jesus, you change our lives for good, challenging us to work for reconciliation. Help us to see your way of truth and love. With us, God, your Holy Spirit moves us to action, challenging us to live the good news. Help us to respond wholeheartedly, here and now, to say yes. Amen. Well, I want to focus very much today on peace in Aotearoa, New Zealand, And one of the great hymns of New Zealand, almost our kind of Christian anthem, is Shirley Murray's hymn, Where Mountains Rise to Open Skies. We're going to hear it sung by the choir of the Wellington Cathedral of St Paul, Where Mountains Rise to Open Skies. And now we come to a prayer of praise and confession. Let us pray, Kia Inuitato, God of the singing tui and the risky kereru, of the soaring hawk and the gliding albatross, God of Aotearoa, we praise you. The air flows, the winds propel, the creatures of the air accompany us. And through them we recognize the wonder of your spirit, your breath, your movement in creation and in our lives. God of Aotearoa, we praise you. We praise you that in Christ you bestow the gift of reconciliation, taking us on the eternal journey of being reconciled with you, with each other, and with Papa Tuanuku, our Earth Mother. We acknowledge before you our struggles on that journey, the times we're not at peace, the times we cannot stand each other, the times we let injustice endure too long. Forgive us, we pray. Great Spirit of God, come from the four winds to lift us again, to fill our wings, to enable us to reach toward each other in gentleness and with courage, as ministers to each other of reconciliation. In Christ we pray. Amen. As I take up the theme of reconciliation, I want to uh, speak a wee bit personally, something I normally don't do in this uh, service, but I want to say a wee bit about why the theme of reconciliation Before I was a minister, I used to be a lawyer, a lawyer who would appear every day in court. Among other things, nearly every week I would appear for children and young people in what was called in those days long ago the Children and Young Persons Court. Just before that time, before I was a lawyer, I'd been converted to faith in Jesus Christ, And I had come to experience love and acceptance in a way that changed my life and the direction of my life. Now, the contrast between what I saw young people experiencing in court and what I was experiencing in church began to affect me. And I felt that our nation was becoming more punitive and more judgmental and more divided And part of that division, evident in the courts in which I appeared, was between Māori and Pakeha. What I saw did not reflect what I believed about society or humankind in light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it was from that tension that I began to experience a call to the ministry of word and sacrament. It was a call to keep working on reconciliation in our nation of Aotearoa and it's a call that remains with me to this day. I've been a minister now for nearly 40 years and so that's why I've chosen today's theme, the Ministry of Reconciliation. We're going to hear now uh, a singing Of He Honore He uh, which is a prayer for our country, for our nation of Aotearoa. Let's listen now. To read now two readings from the bible the first is from the prophet micah chapter 4 verses 1-4 to four. in days to come the mountain of the lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised up above the hills peoples shall stream to it and many nations shall come and say come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples, and shall arbitrate between strong nations far away. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. But they shall all sit under their own vines and under their own fig trees, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. And I want to read now from Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 and following. Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So, we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal Through us, we entreat you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Thanks be to God for these readings from the scriptures. To God's name be praise. And so now I want to reflect, uh, particularly on the second reading. Well, last Sunday afternoon, the government apologised for the dawn raids in the 1970s. I wonder if you managed to see it, on television or somewhere else, what an event it was. The sounds were played of police dogs barking, of demands to surrender. We heard the bashing in of doors and of children crying. And then after the sounds, we saw the ritual of Ifonga the placing of the mat over the Prime Minister's head, then the lifting of the mat, and the exchange of mats, and the embracing. And there was singing and praying, there was honest speaking, and there was resolve. There was drama and speeches and feeling. The Bible was read, a sermon was preached. And there were these words from our Prime Minister. The government expresses its sorrow, remorse and regret that the dawn raids and random police checks occurred and that these actions were ever considered appropriate. Our government conveys to the future generations of Aotearoa that the past actions of the Crown were wrong and that the treatment of your ancestors was wrong. We convey to you our deepest and sincerest apology. It was an action of repentance, of forgiveness, and of reconciliation. It was another step on a journey. It sounded a bit like what Paul said to the church at Corinth, God reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So the gift of the Ministry of Reconciliation then, an amazing gift, the capacity to heal broken relationships, severely broken relationships, strained relationships, a gift that comes from a power beyond ourselves that doesn't originate in us, but we can enter into it with humble hearts and open hands and courage. It's a gift if we dare receive it. It's a gift that flows from God reaching towards the world, towards us, towards all peoples and drawing us into a life-giving relationship with God, God not, not counting all the ways we have trespassed against God. The gift of the ministry and message of reconciliation. here's a gift for each of us, for all of us and it's rooted beyond our own failures and triumphs in trying to relate to each other. Let me quote from Miroslav Wolf of Yale. Because reconciliation between God and humanity is at the heart of the gospel we proclaim, reconciliation between human beings estranged on account of injustice, deception and violence must be at the centre of the mission we pursue. This difficult task of reconciliation should command our imagination, our intelligence and our resources. And South African John de Grouchy identifies four distinct but interrelated ways of speaking about reconciliation. The first refers to a restored relationship between God and humankind. Secondly, the interpersonal refers to the relations between individuals. Thirdly, the social refers to the reconciliation between alienated communities on a local neighbourhood level. And finally, the political refers to projects such as the process of national reconciliation in South Africa and Northern Ireland. But today I want to bring this Ministry of Reconciliation home to New Zealand. Vincent O'Malley has written a book on the Waikato War. It's a significant book and a large book, over 600 pages. O'Malley believes that the war that has had most impact on our nation is not the First World War or the Second World War, but the Waikato War. And the date that marked out our future as much as any date was the 12th of July, 1863. On that day, General Cameron led Crown troops across the Mangatāwhiri stream into the Waikato to begin the war the 12th of July, 1863. Now, for the size of our nation at the time, Governor Gray had the largest army in the whole empire. So why is the 12th of July so important? Well, if the Treaty of Waitangi marked the constitutional establishment of our nation, the Waikato War marked the social and economic cleaving of our nation. The invasion of the Waikato was our country attacking our own people. The crossing of that stream was the cleaving of the body of our nation, a cleaving between Māori and Pākehā we are still working to overcome. Now why was the Waikato invaded? Well in the 1850s Māori leaders could see how land was being sold without order or fairness. They could see that as more and more immigrants arrived, there was growing disorder among Māori. Some Māori leaders had been to Britain and saw how the king there brought order. Among others, Widamu Tamihana from Niamatamata proposed the establishment of a kingship among Māori in New Zealand. Now, Tamihana was a Christian convert, as were many of the leaders of that time. His father had been a great warrior. But Tamihana, now a Christian, was committed to the ways of peace. Well, tribal leaders met and talked, and they persuaded Potatau to to become king. After two years, he was followed by his son, King Tafio. The Crown saw that this new movement was going to make land settlement more difficult, and in the meantime Auckland was filling with people. And land speculators were on the hunt to satisfy their thirst. We know some of their names, they continue today. Russell and Whittaker, for example. Gray made up a threat, made up a threat, that the King, the Maori King and his people were going to attack Auckland and that the King movement was a challenge to Queen Victoria, but nothing was further from the truth. In long letter after long letter, Tamihana tried to explain what the Kingitanga was about that it was committed to protecting the settlers as long as they didn't try to occupy the Waikato. For example, Te Ferofero had built a house near what is now the Auckland Museum precisely to protect Pākehā. Waikato Māori were providing Auckland with food, without which the people of Auckland would have starved. The economy at the time was flourishing, with trade between Māori and Pākehā, between the Waikato and Auckland, continuing to grow. Many lived safely, protected by Māori. So Gray and other leaders made up a story in order to take land, and they succeeded. Once the Mangatāwhiri stream was crossed, the Crown troops moved south with a series of battles until the atrocity in the township of Rangiafia. Crown and Māori had agreed that Rangiafia would be a haven, a township, for non-combatants but women and children and old men were burnt alive and killed there. And then the Crown began the process of confiscating the land of people they categorised as rebels. In the 1860s Waikato Māori lost all their land, except for small pockets given back to those few people judged as loyal to the Crown. That cleaving and its consequences is still the biggest challenge we face as a nation, in terms of the ministry and message of reconciliation. And the good news for our country is that the gift of reconciliation is still being offered and taken up, so that in our time, in our way, we can continue that ministry. There was, for example, the land settlement agreed between Tainui and the Crown, even though it represented only 2% of the unimproved value of the land that was taken. And we are seeing in our time and our day a revival, a renewal, an awakening in many areas of our life. As Māori are giving back to our nation a way of seeing the world, a connection with the land, a matauranga, a spirituality that has taken away from us. This gift, this take, is for us as Christians especially to pick up because those leaders were members of the same body of Christ to which we belong. They were followers with us of Jesus Christ. And the gift, the take, is for us because in the form of missionaries, we were there at Waitangi, persuading Māori to sign the treaty and assuring them that the treaty would be honoured. Today, again, in marvellous ways, we're being offered opportunities to participate in the Ministry of Reconciliation in Aotearoa. It's a gift for us, a wonderful gift for us to pick up. For God was in Christ, reconciling us to God's self, to each other, and to Papatuanuku, our Earth Mother. To God be the glory. Amen. And now... A prayer, a prayer for others. Creator of this world and all its people, we are glad that all things are held in your hands. You have not left us alone. Wherever in our nations the poor are endangered, the sick are neglected, prisoners are refused redemption, and strangers among us are suspected, God of justice, show yourself. Wherever in our world the lust for profit undermines the longing for peace, or the greed for power overrides the need for fairness, God of justice, show yourself. In the prison visitor and the mediator, in vigils for peace and protests to protect the earth, to all who fear for the future of children, to those who long for a different day, God of justice, show yourself. We pray in Jesus' name and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then a blessing. May the God of peace inspire us. May the God of justice empower us. May the God of hope encourage us to live the good news. We go in the power of the Spirit. We go and we don't try to separate politics and prayer. We go not to escape, but to engage with God's world. We go to live hopefully as people of resurrection. And now, as our final act of worship, we hear St Joseph's Māori College and Te Aute College singing Whakaaria Mai.